Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here. Just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly. That's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now, on with Monkey Tennis. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Monkey tennis? Yabba dabba doo. Sorry, I did do myself. Monkey tennis? This is mid-moment. Let's do slap hands. Idiotic broth. Monkey tennis? Please! Please, though! Pop, 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 pop. Monkey tennis? You need to press transfer! Uh, I like it. It's a clean kill. Monkey tennis? Well, that, that, we, 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 that, that, we, 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 that, we, we will do that, definitely, yeah. Okay, does Mummy know you do this? The time is ten and a half o'clock. What a dilbert. Monkey tennis? And I, I know it won't smash, Lynn. Just wrap it in bubble wrap! Hello friends and welcome to Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast. I'm Adam Brooks and I'm joined by Tom Dark. Horses in an inner city war zone will be all but useless. Nick Older. Horses are animals. Snookered. And Tom Stab. She's got diamonds and a nice big bum. It's Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, shortly we will be passing to uh, our past selves live on stage at the Wardrobe Theatre in Bristol. Unfortunately for the first couple of minutes of that live show uh, we had some major technical snafus. Jed. Uh, Jed. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, uh, and so the mics didn't work properly. So we're going to briefly sound off the uh, cover over the things that we uh, we mentioned while the yeah. mics were in, kaput. In Jed's defence promises were made about audio that were not kept and I don't think it was his fault although we don't really know what happened so it some could gremlins, also be his fault some, some gremlins in the machine ghosts yeah. ghost yeah. in the machine yeah. yeah perhaps a metaphor 
Yeah. Good evening. Yep. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so uh, first up, we uh, looked at a couple of Bristol institutions and compared them to Alan Partridge to see which was the more popular, according to Google Trends nationwide over the last 12 months. Started off with Bristol's beloved uh, art prankster Banksy. Um, can anyone remember uh, which of these came out on top? I think the audience went massively in on Banksy yeah, on this I one, and I think is. that was the correct answer, wasn't it? Uh, it was Banksy wins, but actually not by much. Right. Partridge is gaining. Um Another I'm just thinking I genuinely can't remember what the right answers were from last <laughs> night either. Well, that makes this a refreshing yep. and exciting quiz to play now. This is f- fun for me and you, the listener at home. Second up was a topical one because the day that we uh, performed live in Bristol, uh, the band Idols, who are from Bristol, uh, hit the top five with their uh, second album. Yep. Um, so Idols versus Alan, uh, any guesses there? It's, it's Partridge. It's, it's, it's Partridge, yeah. I mean, idols are, are gaining, but Alan wins, yep. yes. Uh, and finally, we went for uh, a drum and bass trickster, Ronnie Size. Ronnie <laughs> Size or Alan Partridge? Alan Partridge. Definitely Alan. Yeah. I think there's quite a few people cheering for Ronnie Size, but yeah, it's got to be Partridge, there right? There were, but it was a definitive Alan landslide. Yeah, maybe they were just supporting their local heroes. Yep. So uh, another important thing to cover off before we get into the meat of this episode is where is Alan at this point? What's he been through? Yes, so if we take a look at the Alan timeline here... Uh, this basically Mid Morning Matters series two is the first time we've seen him in a series since Alpha Papa happened. Uh, I think between then we'd seen him co-hosting TFI, yep. which I think was maybe 2014, 2015. You were there, uh, weren't you? I was there. Um, he was very orange. I can confirm <laughs> that. A lot of lot of makeup slapped on. I didn't but, actually watch it. Was it good? Uh, it was great. Yes, it was very funny. And I think he's kind of got involved in some kind of Christmas sing-along at the end of the episode great. as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, that aside, you, basically it's quite interesting when you look at the timeline uh, from the Gibbons joining as a writing force. They're it kind of breaks down into two phases. You've got Gibbons phase one, which is from 2010 to 2012, which covers Mid-Morning Matters series one, the iPartridge book, and the two specials, Welcome to the Places of My Life and Open Books. And then in 2013, so a year later, that's followed by the Alpha Papa movie. Gibbons phase two, which again is another series of Mid-Morning Matters, uh, a special in the form of Scissor Dial and another book in the form of Nomad. That all happened in 2016. So a very productive Partridge year. So uh, yeah, basically Alpha Papa 2013, 13, four years later, Mid-Morning Matters, Series 2, that's where we are. The Partridge universe is ever-expanding under the Gibbons. It really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I believe at that point, we can now throw back to our past selves live on stage at the Wardrobe Theatre in Bristol. We hope you enjoy the episode. So Mid-Morning Matters, Series 1 into Series 2. Yep. I-, I thought watching this first episode, it's almost like nothing much has changed. But of course, Alpha Papa happened in between. He's been yeah. shot. Yeah, there's no there's no reference to anything that happened in Alpha Papa. Really, no, is there no. at all. But yeah, it, it's it's five years between basically. Yeah. so yeah, that's quite a lot. He's got oh, over it. We also discover uh, later in this episode that he has a love interest, and obviously, psychic Simon is back in the frame as well. Uh, it's a more settled Alan, isn't it? Yeah, I, uh, he's a lot mellower. He's a lot uh, more chilled out. I think there are some things uh, you know throughout the series where you go, a previous Alan might have flown off the yeah. handle here, or may have had a different reaction. But he's a little bit calmer, not all the time, but sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think Simon can be a calm influence for him as well you uh, you see those two and the relationship they have and i do think it helps bring him down a little bit nice to have someone to feel superior to basically which is what alan's always looking yeah, for exactly yeah <laughs> yeah um so do you, do you want the, the the tx info and everything for this please, episode? please yeah. do give us yeah. some quick let's, facts let's get into get it, it out. so yeah this first aired 16th of feb 2016 the viewing figures for this episode were 269,000. <laughs> 
There we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's up. You may think Bonds. that, but remember, Edmunds at his peak was getting 17 million. That is not a figure to be sniffed at. Well, so that is definitely up on, yes, yeah, Series 1, Episode 1 actually got 368,000. Ah. So it is down mm. compared to that. Mm. Uh, so, well, yeah. they, they took it to Sky and that's what happened. No. <laughs> exactly. Um, so if we could get the first the first slide up behind us, obviously podcast listeners, you're going to miss the uh, the visual aspect of tonight, but we'll do our best to fill you in. The first screen, which you may see in a second, is basically the web presence that starts every episode. Obviously, the, the, there, there, it is. there it is. There yeah. The uh, North Norfolk digital website there. Uh, you'll notice some highlights here. Cash for kids, presumably fundraising and nothing more sinister. Um, <laughs> deals, dating and diets and, uh, and fenfriends.co.uk, which is presumably a dating site. And I can just... I I think if I just try this, yes, it's an extender. Tom Dark's brought his pointer. <laughs> just, uh, I could just, I could just point to things generally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, just it works. Yeah. Um, I did uh, see the advert for Fen Friends here. Uh, which I assume is some kind of Norfolk-based dating website. It's uh, sadly not real, though. I did check that. Um, and I thought it was quite interesting that you've got the slogan here is the way you want it to be. But that was the shape slogan, wasn't it? It wasn't was the way you want it. Or was it the way you the want way it to you be? The way you want it to be. be. I thought it was just the way you no. want No, <laughs> no. You, you're please, please do keep singing it, though. <laughs> okay. um, but I thought that was quite interesting. So does that mean they've, revert, they've got rid of shape, they've reverted back to North Norfolk Digital, but kept the shape slogan? I yeah, mean, who knows? A wild theory, no one knows. But basically, uh, that is brilliant. I love and that. And I am also keen to discuss quickly Wally Banter. Yeah. Uh, with the fantastic I mean, haircut there. Banter look at the guy. Uh, can, can we discuss him, speculate on his show, what's he, he up to now, and will he fall foul of you, tree? That's my well, <laughs> question. Firstly, let's be real. He looks like Elton John's ghost, doesn't he? <laughs> Absolutely harrowing. Well, I was thinking more Timmy Mallet mixed with a status quo reject, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Oh, with a peppering of Elton. Yeah. Banter, Brecky, would you listen? Uh, well, <laughs> I like that they've used the at sign and switched yeah. the S for a Z because yeah. uh, it doesn't ban- get more use. It's wacky. Uh, I think, no, I wouldn't listen. I think it's, it's going to be bad. I mean, for starters, you'd have to drive to Norfolk to hear it. So, you know. Good point. No, no, no. This is global. Get it yeah. online. This is North Oh, that's digital. true. We are looking on a webcam. I a potential corrected. audience of billions. <laughs> remember <laughs> that's right um anything else about any of these djs or this particular page um well i mean just just take a moment to look at the hair really yeah, yeah. wonderful hair short on top party at the back um before they get into the episode there's a, there's then another bit where you go through to alan's page um there is a email address there alan at north norfolk digital.com uh, i emailed it uh, and to be honest i didn't hold out a lot of hope but um this is what i wrote i said I'm one of the hosts of a podcast paying tribute to your broadcasting prowess and the resilient spirit that's seen you bounce back on a number of occasions. We'll soon be touring the UK telling tales of your heroism and bravery in the face of short-sighted broadcasting execs and gun-wielding disenfranchised Irish. (laughs) Do you have any words of wisdom you care to impart to the audience on the very first night of said tour, your fellow broadcaster, Adam? And I am pleased to say I got a reply. No. We genuinely didn't didn't know this, so this is it, It reads as follows. There was a temporary problem while delivering your message to Alan at North Norfolk Digital. Gmail will retry for 23 more hours. Now, that's, that's not what I'd hoped for. I was, cr- I was crestfallen at this point. But just when I'd lost all hope, I, I actually did get a second email which read, message not delivered. There was a problem delivering your message to Alan at North Norfolk Digital. Don't do this bit live. It'll get a smaller laugh than the first time. There we go. Um, okay, should we dive into the yep. Should we dive into, dive the, into the app? Let's do there it. Okay, that's his page there. Um, can we start with Sidekick Simon's shirt? Uh, yes, we can. It seems to have partridges printed on it, although in truth they could be pheasants. I think well, they're pheasants, I w- aren't they? 
yeah, I have actually, I don't know if it's the same one, but I have actually got a pheasant white shirt that I got from um, Jack Wills. You should have worn it tonight. I just thought I should say that. <laughs> you just had to say yeah, that. I just had to, I just yeah. had to say that. It's they in your contract with Jack Wills. They are available from, from Jack Wills. <laughs> <laughs> so, th- so this is the opening scene for episode one. It, it's, it's what you'd call a cold open. We go to Alan Mid-Him in his hymn of the day section. Did, he, did you notice that he got, gets all the words wrong as well? Did anyone yeah. else sing this hymn at school? So, uh, no, he, I don't know. No, he says, uh, so much to be controlled as to control. It's uh, consoled and console. And then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, love with all my heart. It should be love with all my soul because it rhymes with control. So, so the hymn is make me a channel of your peace. That's that the right? one, yeah. 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 So uh, the very first minute of the very first episode He's getting it wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Great start. It's what you want, isn't it? Yeah. And you have an absolutely wonderful slow reveal there. Here. He's singing it a cappella, and then he sort of go, <laughs> gives up and goes, you know, and so on and so forth. <laughs> you find out, not only has he got the words wrong, uh, he's not going to bother finishing it. He's been doing all of this live on air, and it's a feature called Hymn of the Day. <laughs> and, and I also just think, uh, in, in this scene, you basically have Simon's facial reactions amazing, because it's half grimace, half smile. And to be fair, that's the facial expression he has throughout most of the series, actually. I think this is going to be something we come back to yes. again and again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Psychic Simon's face is the hero of this series correct yeah. I, d- I, d- I did make a note that uh, so make me a channel of your piece was covered by Susan Boyle fairly recently so I found a YouTube video of that and uh, the comments on the video were very much in the style of Lynn's YouTube comments <laughs> so things like this is the most beautiful interpretation of the song I've ever heard it seems to be sung as though a prayer for Jesus and no one else and that just made me think of when uh, Lynn writes only I mean, God can smite him yeah. <laughs> if, if that's the case why put it on YouTube don't know it wasn't me oh, I didn't know <laughs> Jesus can go on YouTube <laughs> if he wants. <laughs> if he wants, um, let's not get bogged down in this. Yeah, there's, there's a bizarre no moment where he uh, pronounces Fred Flintstone's name Freddie Flintstone, doesn't he? <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, he does. And then says today's show is going to be yabba dabba do. I mean, for starters, that's not an adjective. Doesn't no, make no, any no. sense, does it? No. Um, and also, he does it in a sort of, as we know, as he refers to, a sort of Jimmy Savile <laughs> voice and mannerism. So, uh-huh. so, <laughs> so Jimmy Savile, the uh, disgraced knight of the realm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a uh, question to the group: Is Jimmy Savile, as of right now? Sir, uh, do you know? I do know. I would say surely not. Uh, according to the Guardian, no, but only because you do not retain the title after you die. Just a little fun fact there to kick the evening right. off. <laughs> so it's a technicality, not a morality judgment. <laughs> Just, I, I think you can read it in whichever way you'd yeah, like. Your choice. Fine. That's, fine. All fine. I, that's all I care to say for fear of legal repercussions. I, I, I have another question. Did anyone here write into Jim will fix it when they were younger? Uh, no, not no, me. Uh, my my friend, who I have uh, checked in advance, I've cleared this with him. Did write into um, Jim Fix It. Um, his name is Pete, Peter Carrington, and his wish was to wash an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> We've no idea why. I'm not sure he knows why either. Did it have to be a particularly dirty elephant in that case? Well, I think elephants. I don't know if they are filthy, <laughs> but they all they all need bathing. Sorry, all true. the things you could wish for. <laughs> yeah. I want to bathe an elephant. <laughs> yeah. They didn't, they didn't write back. Uh, <laughs> that's a shame. Although, actually, Jimmy, bathe it... No. No, I, I'm <laughs> no. going to stop you there. No. Do should we have we... any more Savile facts, or do we want to move no, to the move on yeah. to... Move on from Savile. Should we move on to Alan's large question at the beginning of this episode? Yes. Uh, yes, but before that, don't forget, he does issue a correction after getting oestrogen mixed up with helium, which I thought was a bit silly of the writers. I don't believe he's that <laughs> stupid. Yeah. It's a hormone that is used by women to perform a number of tasks relating to themselves, as we all know. Alan's words, Alan's words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, to be, just to be clear. Um, so yeah, Alan's large question that he's put into his listeners in this episode is, if you could invite anyone to a dinner party, who would it be, dead or alive? So we have uh, Simon's answers are Cubby Broccoli, Jasper Carrot, Mary Berry, Jack Lemon and Mr Bean. 
so uh, he gets his five a day. Yeah, yes. very good. Very good. He also says, "I'd probably go for a live." Classic joke on the old dead or alive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you actually see Alan kind of makes a face at the webcam. Then and I do think is that the first time he's actually pulled faces directly at the webcams uh, in the series, oh, breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Um, uh, and yeah, do, do you want to go through Alan's choices? Alan's got um, Jesus Christ already mentioned for um, viewing on YouTube. Oh, Margaret yeah. Thatcher, Dennis Thatcher, <laughs> Carol Thatcher. And Mark Thatcher, mm, yeah. So the Thatchers, uh, so Jesus Christ and the Thatcher. A lovely bit, of, a lovely bit of comic timing as well. Before, it, after he's named four of the Thatcher, no, three of the Thatchers, he just pauses and goes, yeah. and it, and Mark Thatcher. Yeah. <laughs> um, did we come up with who we would invite to our own oh, yeah. dinner party? I think we mine. need to. I think we need to give that a go, don't we? Let's quick fire it. Do you want I'll, to start, Snap? I'll start. Uh, mine would be The Rock. Olivia Coleman, Adam Buxton, Bob Mortimer, and Rachel Riley. Great, 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 great choices. <laughs> a lot of approval there. Oh, and wow. they're here tonight, no. Nick, how about you? Yours is best. I didn't. Im- I didn't invite. Mine's all anyone. Men. Mine's all. Mine's, mine's all. Mine's Nick's all is just eating a trough of KFC on his own. <laughs> oh. um, I've got. I'm a bit embarrassed by this. I've gone for <laughs> Steve Jobs, Ian Hislop, Rick Mail, Mark Kermode, and Stephen King. Well, that's a party, isn't it? I mean, it? it's a sausage party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I've, I've started with the de- dead or alive option. So I think I want to get Biggie and Tupac round. I want to try and sort all that East and West Coast mess out. and That could be awkward, find though. Out it... No, no, we'll, we'll work it out. We'll Which workshop it. Uh, I also think maybe Noel Gallagher, Mike Skinner would be quite good for the kind of some interesting stories. And probably Emily Blunt, if she's available. You've changed that, haven't you? There was another bloke. You've just seen what happened <laughs> there and you've changed it. No, no, it's all, it's all here. Uh, I'd um, go uh, Emma Thompson, Griff Reese from Superfair animals adam buxton much like stab uh Gillian anderson and not just because she's here tonight my <laughs> beloved wife oh. <laughs> is that a cop-out i don't know yeah <laughs> I, I think we should check his notes <laughs> I, I also had a quick guess at whether i could i had a quick guess at whether i could correctly it's easy for me to say guess which people you would invite to uh, your dinner party Who did you have oh yeah give it so a go i said nick would invite emily blunt ah yeah well, i'm embarrassed um, yeah. i said tom would invite adam buxton Oh. oh, and I said Adam would invite Rebecca Front. Oh, well, you've got mostly right people, but wrong order. <laughs> uh, I went for you, Tom. I said Jay-Z. Um, for you, I said Chris Waddle and Adam. Oh, I, I should have invited Chris Waddle. That would have been good, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be good. Uh, I went Nigel Farage It's for not Adam. happening, you know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> and we're, cooking, we're cooking Nigel Farage for dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Alan inadvertently mentioned Simon has a problem with constipation at this point. Um, I wondered if this <laughs> oh, yeah. might be. Now, going back to our study of eye partridge, we know that uh, Alan put Simon under a lot of pressure in the early days to drink in the morning to yeah, make him yeah, more yeah. funny for the show. Yes. Uh, I wondered if this might be a side effect of Simon having to drink before the show starts at 10 a.m. Uh, I looked it up, and yes, it is a side effect of alcohol consumption. So, uh... Doesn't he lose his driving license and have to take three buses to get into work? Poor psychic. Something yeah, like that. Yes, yeah, he yeah. does. Um, Simon has a tweet from Janie72 who says she's invi- she'd invite the Harlem Globetrotters and Nigel Farage, uh, to which uh, Alan says, ooh, he'd get, get battered. <laughs> and then, and that, that, the way that line is delivered, then Simon does a massive, like, big laugh to that. It a to be like it's a, it's a Coogan yeah. improvisation that that's a real-life uh, Tim Key reaction to. Although, interestingly, like. we've learned over the years that not much of Partridge, if anything, is, is improv, is it? So maybe... I, I think they, th- they throw some things in at the last minute, but I think it's usually still... <laughs> that's bad planning. Running. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're normally writing it yeah. up to the day they're filming I can on. tell from Tom Dark's notes that he, like I, has also looked up whether there was a real Janie72 on Twitter. I have. Unearthed that <laughs> is gold. there? And I'm pleased to announce that there is, although she hasn't tweeted since February 2009, so it's fair to say that account is now dormant. But the three most recent tweets were, I'm confused, <laughs> wondering what you're doing, 
And watching this morning, I'm so bored. Uh, I also liked that she had just thawing out after sledging. Uh, and then three she doesn't like to use a G on the end of words. No, she I'm really noticed. doesn't. And then three years later, a, a noted change in tone. She's a very different person. She says, nice, made $138 in two hours. Click this link to find out how. <laughs> you Please changed. tell me you didn't click that link. I did. And now, now I'm too rich to be doing this. <laughs> um, she also only follows three other Twitter accounts. They are Twitter, the, Ra- the Chris Moyle Show on Radio 1, and mm. Hotpoint. <laughs> Wow, Hot point. Uh, I tweeted her to ask whether she ever did have the Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> and Nigel Farage round for dinner. She is yet to respond. That was a great thing. When I went to research this, the first thing I found was Adam's tweet to her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nothing if not thorough. Uh, are we on to Colby? Yes. We're on to Colby. Alan's, well, not stepchild. No. Well, th- well, this is interesting. So at this point, Alan is on the phone to Colby, one of Angela's children. So Angela was his love interest from the end of Alpha Papa. So mm. this is how we learn that they are still romantically involved. He does say, Colby, I'm your stepfather. Now, do we think he's just embellishing on the truth there? He can't have got married again. No. He, uh, mm. But then he says, she's, yes, she's your mother, but she's also my bird. Yeah. So, so I don't, I don't he's think downgraded it from... Yeah, I don't think he's like a legal stepfather. He's just assuming the... A uh, moral stepfather. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then he has to break some hard truths to Colby. <laughs> you only catch his half of the phone conversation, which is a nice bit of writing. Where he's just going, Colby, Colby, he's not on an oil rig. No, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's in the Cotswolds. <laughs> Um, we learned so much from this snippet. I think that's kind of the genius of Mid-Morning Matters is that it says so much with such lean writing. Um, yes. I yeah. felt a bit of a loss initially when the Gibbons brothers took over and started writing Partridge, but I'm starting to think their Partridge might be better. Ooh. Ooh big talk. Big talk. Audible gasp. Audible <laughs> gasp. <laughs> Thanks, Bex. <laughs> Had anyone heard the name Colby before? Uh, I wasn't going to tell this story, well. but you've teed it up now. We've I, got the time. I used to work with someone called Colby Adam, um, but everyone used to think his name was Adam Colby because his email was Colby Adam, but you think that it was surname first. To think you nearly didn't tell that story. (laughs) That was a tragedy. Another one of those, the same time tomorrow. Thanks, Nick. Funny Funny story. story. Yeah, very good. Very good. Sorry about that, everyone. Um, (laughs) Alan now has a guest, but he's still discussing Jimmy Savile and the idea that his trademark warble, uh, if someone wants to give us an example. Was actually, was actually Savile's subconscious trying to imitate a siren to warn people, which I thought... I thought <laughs> so good. So good. I wondered if that is Alan's most crackpot theory ever. But then I noticed <laughs> Then I noticed that Simon, who we know is a heavy weed smoker, was taking it seriously. Uh, yeah, so he, was, he was into that idea. Yeah, who yeah. knows? Um, there's a giveaway at this point, is there oh, not? Oh, yeah, yeah, where you can win uh, a, a, free a free CD. A free CD. By so, Jersey one, Jeff it's a rubbish it, prize, yeah. and two, it's been knocking around in those studios <laughs> Like the 90s, and something. also, who's that CD by? Oh, the French Prince, Jazzy Jeff and the French Prince. Yeah. <laughs> um, I looked it up. This obviously was broadcast. This is 2016, wasn't it? Or 2016? 2016. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the last record released by Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince uh, was 1993's Code Red. <laughs> 23 years before this show was broadcast. Yeah. He's found it in the back of a cupboard somewhere, hasn't he? Um, I did enjoy the uh, mispronunciation, Jazzy Jeff and the, and the French Prince. So I think, can anybody come up with any other not quite right hip hop names uh, or misheard hip hop names? Uh, Old Dirty Bar Steward. That's good. That's a great start. Yeah, I came up with a few. uh, Nigel's with Attitude, uh, (laughs) Kanye Vest, Andrew 2000, A Tribe Called West, Bomb DMC, MC Spanner, 50 Pence, or Pubic Enemy. There's just a few that you can use there. So if anyone's got any more, then feel free. Who was MC Spanner? MC Hammer. MC Hammer. Yeah, Yeah, of course. See what happened there. I'd forgotten about MC Hammer. Well, fortunately, I didn't. 
Mm. Is it bad that I would go to a gig by Pubic Enemy? <laughs> yes. Yes. Are, are they on after us? <laughs> um, so he introduces his guest at this point. Joining me today, somebody else who presumably finds peasants revolting. Uh, it's uh, what's the guy's name? Cecil or Cecil? Cecil Phillips. Cecil, Cecil Phillips. Phillips. Sir Cecil Phillips. He's there yeah. uh, because this weekend sees the annual North Norfolk Hunt. Uh, Simon says, "Careful, you say yeah. that one." And Hannah says, "Why? Why?" <laughs> he he realises eventually. Yeah, he, doesn't he, know. he gets it yeah. about three minutes later, um, and so he basically says that on the advice of police, we've agreed to give a platform to the head of the Norfolk Hunt to make a plea for calm. So we're already entering an escalated situation, which Alan is going to fuck up in seconds. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and well, I think it's it's quite funny this bit because he's he Cecil's trying to put an even-handed point across, and it seems like Alan is just hoping violence is going to escalate. Basically, yeah, he's, he's just putting words it into up, his mouth. He? Yeah. Yes, Cecil is almost the person that should be hosting the interview because he's being balanced and seeing it yeah. from both sides. He's genuinely Alan's balanced. He's <laughs> genuinely balanced. Whereas Alan is almost goading him to try and give the answers that he thinks he wants or that Alan actually probably believes in because deep down, Alan probably is pro-fox hunting, we're thinking. Oh, he's certainly on Cecil's well, side. I w- well, yeah. yeah, I would say that this is classic Alan in that he basically sucks up to people of a higher yes. sort of status than him. Yeah, he's, he's, a, got, he, he's got money, so Alan just wants to be on side with him, yeah. I think, definitely. Yeah. Um, you then have the bit where um, he says no one gets hurt in snooker which Alan says back to him uh, have you seen Minder um, so <laughs> so he then descri- he describes the plot of Minder to him in quite broad strokes and even goes on to explain what ITV is because he's assuming he's too high class to even yeah. watch a TV channel that has commercials uh, his exact description of uh, Minder is of a rather vulgar chap from <laughs> <Yeah>. <coughs> ITV, ITV. <laughs> would gallivant around London resolving the petty monetary differences of people often around the fat end of a snooker queue yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, I had a quick look into Minder. So it ran from 1979 to 1995. I was quite amazed it ran for so long. Uh, But also, when I was doing that Google, I found Minder, which is a free Muslim dating app. So obviously the spelling is the same. The pronunciation is different. That's the key. Uh, The top Google auto search result that comes up for Dennis Waterman is, is Dennis Waterman dead? The answer is no. He's currently 70. Good news. And apparently he's worth 5 million. So well done, Dennis. Congratulations. Mm, Um, Taking this uh, this, uh, Alan sort of distaste of ITV, a question to the group. Imagine a world where ITV have bought the rights to Partridge and replaced Coogan who have they picked and would you watch it's a great question. question I think that because it's ITV it's probably going to be a bit calmer it's going to be Sunday night it's an older Alan and I would go for uh, someone like Michael Gambon not happy. Not, not, not a happy. popular choice. Order yeah. outrage. I think, he actor, I think he could pull it let, off. Let me try, madam. Well, <laughs> I, I would um, maybe like a kind of John Thompson character. Better. He's Better. an ITV it, staple. Oh, no. Sharpen takes a breath. But then I feel like he's kind of ITV from a drama point of view. He does comedy, like, though. Yeah, I know. But, with, like, you know, on ITV, he's kind of like in cold feet and things like that. I think, like, they would go for... Because it's ITV, I think they're going to dumb it down. Well, who do and you, who have go, you got then? Well, I think they're going to go with someone really crap like, I don't know, Brian Connolly or something <laughs> shit like that. You know, it's ITV. It's not going to be good. Yeah. Uh, in answer to the question, who have they picked and would you watch? The answer is Bradley Walsh and never. <laughs> He's nailed it. Yeah, He's it nailed Bradley it. Walsh, wouldn't it? A <laughs> uh, bit of romance coming up now. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so this is the, uh, the first time that yeah. we've seen Alan in the studio with Angela at this point. Mm, Angela, Angela is genuinely, series, yeah. and I don't like using this word, but draped over him. <laughs> <laughs> As you can see from the <laughs> image there. I would draped say draped. slightly leaning towards. Yeah. Well, my notes say drapes. Yeah, she's kind of leaning in. Sorry, yeah. Angela, take it back. Yeah. <laughs> You're leaning uh, in. Presumably, presumably drawn in by his copy of Airgun magazine. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, it doesn't exist, by the way, but Airgun World, Airgun Shooter and Air Gunner all do in what's presumably a crowded market. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, also, fun fact, when I was at secondary school, our bus driver was obsessed with guns, used to read gun magazines whilst driving and tell us, aged 11, the best ones to get. The best ones. True fact. Jesus. Uh, so Angela and uh, well sorry Alan says uh, or is given permission to get an air rifle at the weekend Um, would you you trust Alan with an air rifle absolutely not and remember the proposition is if Alan wants to uh, buy one on the weekend to go shooting squirrels with the boys (laughs) but do we I would have the bit that surprised me here was that Angela had to give him any kind of permission I would assume that Alan would just do that anyway when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, yeah. And, and to go shooting with the kids as well. So he goes, you know, do you think they would like air rifles? Of course, they're from a broken home. <laughs> <laughs> He's so happy with that yeah. revelation. Which well. I thought was a bit strange, because, I mean, wouldn't you... Cons- I mean, by his own definition, his words, not mine, his own home is broken. Where's Fernando? Where's Denise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, good, yeah point. Point. good point, yeah. Uh, back to the hunt guest, implying that saying bad dog to a beagle is abuse. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Poor um, beagle. And all three guests are then talking over each other with regards to a corgi fighting a fox until Alan just says out of the blue, but absolutely <laughs> shit, shit itself. itself. Yes. Pathetic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and they, they also then go on to talk about, um, Alan ends up talking about inheriting a clock because it beats <laughs> buying them. So obviously he thinks inheriting a business or items is good because he sees it as an upper class aspiration, yep. which is a very classic Alan trope yet again. Uh, and then he also goes on to talk about you can't invite every Carl, Lee or Barry. Yeah. So that's Alan choosing examples of what he sees to be working class names. <laughs> that, so that is Simon Carl. that says that though. Oh, is, that, is that, that Simon? Is Simon I'm that saying, says that. But, it, but it's another appearance of Carl as Carl. we've seen yeah. in yeah. Scissor Isle. Uh, Simon says it as a joke whereas yeah. Alan agrees because yes, that's those, what I mean. those names are working class. Yeah. That makes um, sense to me. In Alan's mind. In Alan's mind. In Alan's mind. We must in Alan's mind. <laughs> yes, uh, question to the group. Which set of names is currently more popular in the UK? Tom, Dick and Harry or Carl, Lee and Barry? first one which one the first one oh, Tom Dick and Harry yeah surely over Carly and Barry I'm going to go Carly and Barry what's the audience saying Tom Dick and Harry Tom yeah. yeah or Carly and Barry yeah. Ooh, a even. lot of people cheering for both yeah fence sitters not allowed <laughs> um, uh, Tom Dick and Harry just pip Carly and Barry in terms of Google Trends I mean, we have got two here to be fair so, yeah. uh, would anyone like to hazard a guess as to the UK's most common name Jack isn't it nope Jake nope uh, this could go on a while get oh, comfortable <laughs> is that Alex Mohammed. 
Oh, the UK's, <laughs> the UK's most common name is David Smith. Oh, really? I see what you mean. Yeah. Of course it is. A uh, name as boring as the fact. <laughs> well, one more thing on Carl. I thought it was quite interesting that considering Alan and Simon jokingly referring to Carl as a very... Uh, more of a working class name. Mm. Uh, in Sweden, they have a King Carl, who is actually the longest reigning monarch in Swedish history, King Carl the Sixteenth. Oh, so that's Good. fairly upper class, I'd say over there. In yeah, yeah. yeah Good Carl facts. Yep, lovely stuff. Um, at this point, are we back to dream dinner party guests? Uh, I yeah, think, I think so. I think we've yep. got li- yeah. Nathaniel is calling on line one with his dream dinner party guests. He's got Alexander the Great, Ronald Reagan, Winston Churchill, Noel Edmonds, Mozart, the Crankies, Attila the Hun. James Dean. Question, did anyone see where this was going at all? Oh, absolutely <laughs> no, not. No, way, no, <laughs> no, way. no. This quickly turns into an act of planned terrorism. <laughs> <laughs> it's essentially just a, a, an elaborate plot to murder uh, Noel Edmonds. To Noel yeah. Edmonds. To, uh, yeah, yeah, he's going to put a strap-on explosive device to Jeanette Cranky in order to blow up Edmonds. Yeah, because Jeanette Cranky wouldn't be searched because that would be assaulting a woman and a minor. Yeah. Uh, and the caller also says, my research tells me that if it's hosted at Hampton Court Palace, then Edmonds will definitely attend. Yep. Um, and yeah, Al- Alan loves this, doesn't he? He says, I like it. It's a clean kill. Yep. <laughs> yep. Do call and again, Nathaniel. Do call yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. Nathaniel, the reason being is that Edmonds is very much at large. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think this, just the writing in this scene is just amazing. There's like the, the fact you have all those kind of references to like kind of like crap celebs. You can't really guess where it's going. Yeah. And then where it is going to is so ridiculous. But obviously Alan absolutely loves it. And this uh, is a running theme of Edmund's bashing throughout the series. Oh yes. Isn't yeah. It? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's also a caller then calls in complaining about the lack of balance in the hunt debate. Before, um, before we get onto that though, I, did, I was keen to share some Cranky's facts because <laughs> oh, God. I, I think you know, far be it from me to stand yeah, yeah, where Cranky's facts. I think, I think it's good Sit to back. know more about the Crankies. So get comfortable, everyone. Um, so did, well, bizarrely, this is from quite a recent article. This is from the 15th of August uh, in The Sun. Uh, the, the headline for this article was Fan Dabby Dozy, How Tall Is Jeanette Cranky? When did, she pl- when did she start playing Wee Jimmy Cranky with Ian Tuff? And when was their wedding? That's the headline. Great. So The Sun uh, in August 2018 really getting to the hard yeah, 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 issues Yeah, they're here. really on the money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'll kind of summarise this. They've been entertaining audiences for over, four, over 40 years. Jesus. But who is the woman behind the famous Wee Jimmy Cranky character? Here's all you need to know. Don't worry, there's not a lot more to come. <laughs> um, she is four, four foot five inches tall. Uh, the character she plays is meant to be a schoolboy whilst the husband Ian plays a parent. The character was created in 1976, and then this is a quote, after a rummage in Ian's loft, the pair found the perfect costume for the schoolboy. His grandfather's boots, his little brother's Colin, Colin's red school cap, and his older brother's Alistair shorts. Ian added, then I knew we were on to a winner. It's the fucking weird, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so that's the story of the Crankies, everyone. Sorry yeah. about that. Um, there's briefly an, uh, a really nice bit in uh, Mid Morning Matters they do quite often where there's just a snippet of Alan not on the air doing something odd yes. and then the joke becomes apparent. So he's uh, gurgling his throat uh, and then singing what sounds like a kind of sa- a weird sound effect, um, which is then used in the following segment because someone's rung in to say that this, this uh, hunt debate is not balanced. Yeah. So he's had to very quickly invent a whole new segment of the show, uh, the balance debate. Yes, yeah. so the, 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 and the caller that rang in was basically threatening to Photoshop his face onto a picture of a fat woman's body and tell, tell people that's what he looks like under his clothes. Mm. Uh, his name was Jez as well, by yeah, the way. His name which, was uh, yeah. um, we then see Alan yet recording a sting for a more balanced uh, uh, debate. Does anyone care to do an impersonation of how that sting goes? I can't remember how it goes. Is it like... Wow. Wah, 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 a bit like that. A bit like that, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Alan's balanced debate. <laughs> it's genuinely balanced. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and so he's had to find someone to uh, to play the other side of the argument against the, yeah. uh, the, the so, huntsman. So, so what we know from this, he's taken the Photoshop threat very seriously. Yeah. In fact, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. immediately recorded that jingle as well. Um, he's got Simon on as the oppo- opposing voice because A, Simon's already in the studio and B, because his girlfriend's a vegetarian. It will do, it will do. Um, I, didn't, I did make a note that Alan barely lets either side make, make a point in this argument. He basically ends up arguing the point for both sides and he also calls a fox a little red dog. <laughs> There's also a second swear, isn't there? Because he describes foxes as bastards. Thieving mm-hmm. bastards. Thieving bastards. Thieving bastards. Um, the debate runs on and on uh, with Alan basically playing both sides until he has to halt it when Cecil describes Laser Quest as a teenage yeah. pursuit. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. That cuts whoa, deep. Whoa, 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 whoa. I quest with a round tabler who served in Northern Ireland. If society ever breaks down, you may regret having never gone to Laser Quest because the people that can't stand you go a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and this then descends into a sort of metaphorical war where they're talking about what would happen in an apocalypse situation. Cecil's oh, claiming yeah. he'll have horses so he'll be fine um, and then I guess basically fantasising about the decline of society and an all out class war yeah Simon says no you'll end up getting roasted on a sp- or the, the horses will end up getting roasted on a spit in the middle of the precinct when the hunter becomes the hunted uh, <laughs> Alan's then off on a tangent about Cecil being caught in the aftermath of this war uh, and then uh, he gets caught out when he says spiffing instead of wagwan as yeah. being, being <laughs> a member of the upper classes he's caught and hanged with a bugle up his backside and then uh, Alan describes the sad noise the final gas leaving his body would make there's and always, then, some, then, there's always then, something going up a backside with Alan, isn't there? And then says, Cecil, you dream dinner party guest? <laughs> <laughs> but um, so it's like he threatens the school teacher and I'm Alan Partridge sticking uh, the yeah. Kit Kat fingers up his bum as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bum obsessed. Uh, we must move on to yep. Traffic and Travel, sponsored by Castrol. Yep. Uh, yes, it's time for part two of the episode, Radio Play. There we go. We've got, here for radio we've got a fan in the house. Um, should we do a bit, quick bit of outfit watch here? You've got uh, Alan in a snazzy blue V-neck Ooh, jumper. Lovely. That's Which, uh, actually not that bad, to be fair. Yeah, but the polo, here, polo neck. I, is think it's the, I think it's the kind of the brownie orangey polo neck underneath that really ruins it, though, doesn't it? Yeah, that's, uh, that does spoil it. And it, Simon's shirt there is quite similar to what we've seen earlier in the episode, but you've got a very snazzy yellow owl T-shirt underneath. Yeah, I think was he not wearing that earlier? He was. Yeah, he's, so he was. he's not changed. Thank you. Thank you. Hasn't changed at all. <laughs> um, this is genuinely one of the best jokes uh, that's set up here when they start talking about the accident and the skid marks. It's just... Yeah. Talk us, talk us through it. <laughs> well, I've kind of set it up. Okay. Uh, so, a truck of pampers has overturned. Uh, psychic Simon jokes, the police don't know which skid marks, and then he is interrupted by Alan to say there has been a fatality. Um you can you can see that joke coming, but it is yeah, it's still yeah. brilliant. Yeah. And Alan's love of accuracy again coming into, into play, uh, ruining jokes left, right, and centre. And it's, it's very like the uh, the joke about the missing postman in series one as well, where Simon's about to make a joke about post being missing, and then he's like, "No, no, the body's been found." Yeah. <laughs> uh, lovely bit of observational humour in uh, in today's uh, phone in question. Corner shop fizzy drinks. What part of multi pack not to be sold separately? Don't they understand? <laughs> Now, I, I love this. Into this. I couldn't find any evidence that it's illegal, by the way, so oh, really? I don't think they're actually breaking oh. any laws. Well, I, I've noticed it happen before, so I paused my DVD at this point to undertake a serious undercover operation. Uh, I performed a stealth raid on my local best one uh, to see if this criminal practice is still happening in neighbourhoods around the UK. Uh, it turns out they didn't have any multi-pack cans for sale separately, but they also didn't have the Calippo I went there for, which is in a lot of ways worse. <laughs> I think that's definitely worse, yeah. Um, we then on to Alan on the phone to the new MD, Craig Felbridge, one sort of a good MD. That's right. Um, um, have you got how Craig break, uh, how yeah, he breaks down, down Craig? Yeah, so yeah. is it 20% Steve Jobs yep. at my dinner party, 10% Jesus, uh, Alan, 50, 50% Peter Sissons, 
Splash of Gandhi. And a splash of Gandhi. You don't need to measure that. Where, where's the rest of him? That's exactly. like the 80%. Yeah, yeah. it's 80%. Yeah. Or is that the joke? Well, that I mean, the joke. yeah. That's the joke. Um, he also discusses how fizzy he made Alan feel, at which point Alan goes into an 11 second impression of a fizzy drink. Yeah. <laughs> pop, like, like a one man soda stream. And I think, does Simon, Simon thinks Alan's excited because petrol prices are down, but it's, are because, it's because Craig said everyone's opinion, opinion is valid in a meeting. <laughs> Uh, he also says to Simon, if you're a quarter of a man he is, you'd be twice the man you are. A uh, bit of an unprovoked attack, but also uh, maths tells me that makes Simon one-eighth of a Craig Felbridge. <laughs> yeah, fair point. <laughs> and we're on to my favourite line of the series, I think. What's that? As he goes into the uh, song. Yes, do it. This, this band's name is what I said to my girlfriend on her birthday. UB40. <laughs> Four. <laughs> it's killer. It's One of killer. my absolute favourites. I did just like the element of the the having the chat about the new MD coming in because it just expands the universe outside the studio a little bit. So they talk about other things happening in the station, other characters you don't see, and kind of adding new people in, which aren't just things like Angela or Lynn being on the phone or something. <laughs> yeah, so it's, 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 it's worth it's worth mentioning that you know the entirety of this series happens within a couple of rooms, and they managed yeah. to build a pretty convincing world outside yeah. of it through yeah. just phone calls and rumor and so on. Yeah, I mean it's only two rooms. There's a handful of camera angles and what they managed to do with that is yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah. That's what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had that written down here and I, just, I had to say that. <laughs> it's just great writing, that's what we're yeah. saying. Um, so, yeah, he's on the phone to Craig in the next sequence where he's all fizzy with ideas, uh, tum- fumbling his words, uh, and I think you notice that when Alan starts pitching his play to Craig, that Simon starts laughing as well. I really hadn't noticed yep. that. Yep. Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've got at this, at the news that Alan's written a play. Simon becomes still, and I would say gravely concerned. Yeah. Alan goes, you're not going to regret this. Spoiler. He absolutely will. <laughs> yeah. I think we could all see that coming. Uh, we want to psychic Simon's uh, little uh, chatlet. Just a quick one. Alan obviously apologises for using Craig's name too many times. Did you, did you know how? Did you notice how many times? Can you guess? Mm. Craig, 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 uh, Craig, Craig. You're a busy man, Craig. I was for eleven. Eleven. Fifteen. I'm saying. Yeah, bang on! It is fifteen. Oh. There we go. You, you win counted, nothing. You? I win nothing. Yep. Uh, Psychic Simon's cryptic confectionery segment is Let's up next, uh, where he gives clues, and then the answer is the name of a chocolate bar. Um, I thought it was quite good because Tim Key obviously plays Psychic Simon, has an incredible way with words. This is almost something a low rent Tim Key would do. Yeah. Um, so that's good. Um, it's going great and it's genuinely entertaining. Alan's not into it and obviously no. interrupts, uh, trying to get the caller interested in his radio play. Um, I've uh, devised my own round of side host Adam's cryptic confectionery, which I will open to not just the host but also the audience. If anyone can guess, exciting these. times. A cryptic clue leading to the name of a chocolate bring it on. Number one, bring your gear, pack a feline, and let's put on some weight. Lion, lion. yeah, no. Nope. Oh, yeah, but I'm looking for more. Bring your, yeah, <laughs> it's Kit Kat Chunky. Well done. Number two, I might make you happy, but you'll have to travel east. Yes, yeah. well done, oh, sir. very good, very good. Number very three, where Copperfield meets Spock. What? Copperfield meets. Starbird. Yes, no. Milky Way Magic Stars. Well done, uh, that lady. Yeah. Of course. Wow. And finally, the one I'm most proud of. <laughs> That's all well and good in Spain, but what about the kids in Germany? What? Yes, oh, well done. Oh, yes. <laughs> Have you got prizes? That, that was Kinder Bueno in case the mic yeah, didn't pick that I've up. got absolutely no prizes. <laughs> oh, my God. Glo- the glory of that is its own prize. Yeah. <laughs> Um, amazing, so amazing work. Alan, Alan says to Simon, I've wanted to be a playwriter for ages. Has <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, anyone got the point where he tells the story about being in a David Lloyd gym with Sebastian, a muscle merchant? <laughs> no. no go on. Well, he basically tells a story about the time he's in a David Lloyd gym with a muscle merchant <laughs> called Sebastian. <laughs> what, what is a muscle merchant? 
A muscly man? Surely that's just Alan's term for a personal trainer. Yeah, I guess it could be. Okay, there we go. Um, let's what, talk about... what else would it be? He's not selling, like, muscles. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hence, personal trainer. Okay. Should we so move on? Should we move on? Move on in a, in a way, personal trainers are selling muscles. But let's move on. <laughs> um, let's talk about the name of Alan's play. Yes. Or should I say the names? Yes. Yeah. It's, it really rolls off the tongue. Go on. A chill breeze or a glowering glass blower come this... Come this <laughs> no, no, you've... <laughs> it does not glowering rise. glass blower this way comes. Thank you. Um, a chill breeze is not a play in real life, but it is an original song by DJ What's Your Name on YouTube. <laughs> uh, that, has, not listen. that has 55 views, and as music, it's something that I have absolutely listened to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Simon's got a short story of his own at this point, which he tries to uh, yeah. bring in. Um, he he's recently well, been yeah. recently been trying to track down his real mum. Yeah, everyone's got a story in them. Simon's got one. He wants to share it with Alan. Alan can probably tolerate about 15, 20 seconds of that story before <laughs> if that. I think that's yeah, generous. He needs to kind of career him with his own. He wants to get you, to his you own can see even before Alan cuts him off that he's stopped listening after yeah. about two seconds as well. So Simon's about to pour his heart out over this. Has, any, has anyone got the uh, synopsis that um, he he pitches? Who of the play Simon for a chill breeze? So, yeah, yeah. No, uh, go on. no, go on. Britain's cows have started lying down in different directions, causing <laughs> rural panic. <laughs> the government appeals for calm, but maverick scientist Jim Hannigan suspects foul play. I think that sounds quite interesting, to be fair. <laughs> Apart from the cows bit, that sounds a bit odd. Yeah, but you, you're the sort of person that prefers when the whistle blows to extras, aren't you? Yes. The show within the show is your favourite. <laughs> the yeah. truth has been exposed. Yeah. And didn't you listen to The Archers as well? Uh, yes, but I don't read Geoffrey Archer. So. <laughs> The Archers are a mixed bag. Yeah. Um, Alan puts his play straight on the radio, which made me realise that he's obviously recorded the whole thing before he pitched it to Craig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good Why point. Not? Yep. Um, but not before he invents a company, Partridge Playhouse, to uh, present it. I've been hoping for a Pear Tree dramatic production, personally, but... <laughs> <laughs> Um, but he, he loves so alliteration though doesn't he so Partridge Playhouse just rolls off the tongue a bit <laughs> very <laughs> true he um, had someone called Mark Rylance read for the part of Hannigan but uh, in the end Alan got the part yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean it's not like Rylance has won Tony Awards BAFTA Awards and has a knighthood Alan was the right person <laughs> yeah. for the job he was good he wasn't Hannigan yeah. uh, Mark Rylance isn't on Twitter but I did tweet at Mark Rylance fans to ask do you happen to know if Mark ever got over being rejected for the part of Hannigan in a chill breeze or a glowering glass blower this way comes uh, I'm yet to receive a reply <laughs> Disappointing, but this play has everything, doesn't it? Uh, Stephen Hawking, a, a garlic beauty. Which oh, I, God. Uh, sometimes I wish I could be disabled, but with a clever robot voice. <laughs> yeah, uh, Hannigan, Hannigan also doesn't have any fingers. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Although, we, although he is keen to stress later on that that does not impede his lovemaking skills. No, 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 uh, no. And there's no, a fake traffic report. A fake traffic report that listeners may mistake for a real one. Echoes of War of the Worlds there when, uh, <laughs> yeah, when that was yeah, first yeah, broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> Um, also, uh, skipping, just skipping to the end credits briefly, the Partridge Playhouse players are in real life Rufus Jones, uh, Mark Gattis, as I'm Gatis. saying, Gatis. Gatis. Yeah. Uh, Dune, whose surname we failed to pronounce. Thank you, there we go, finally. We'll still get it wrong. Who was obviously featured heavily in Knowing Me, Knowing You, and John Sessions. There you go. A bit of fact for you. Good facts. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the play's pretty awful, isn't it? I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, there's some, there's, there's a kind of um, intimate scene between a French lady and Hannigan, and obviously some of the writing that Alan's put forward oh, here the is kissing sound effects. Yeah, you've got your eyes devour me, my groin burns for you. <laughs> I'm going to kiss you, so you'd better open up very wide. <laughs> uh, you like my French underwear? Take your top off. Goodness me, you're busty. 
<laughs> sit on my lap. I mean, I'm going to stop now. Uh, but that's, the, uh, that's basically the, the, the other bit. line that I made note of was I discarded my underpants ages ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't got any um, knickers on. It's okay. While all this is going on, uh, Sarah, who works at the station, is played by uh, Catherine Janeway, who we know from uh, Monkey Tennis' favourite extras, uh, is kicking off about the play and the fact that he's done this fake traffic report, which is now worrying uh, listeners. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> she's like, "Who said you could play it?" And he's like, "Craig, who said you could pass around a form for your daughter's fun run?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very bitter. Um, and uh, yeah, she's <laughs> there's a great bit where, where the line, my groin burns for you, uh, lines up directly after her saying, what is this anyway? Yeah. yeah, so he has to clear out that he didn't say that to her, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. There is an insinuation as well that there's kind of um, toys and aids that Hannigan uses. Uh, sexually? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Important He's to mention. just cracking out Scrabble. Go on, deep, do a deep dive on those. Uh, well, we would no. be speculating. Let, let, let's not, let's no. not. Um, there's a lovely bit uh, of, of Partridge that I think reflects a nice bit of human nature, the feeling that you know you're in the wrong, but you want to do something back, however petty or minor, uh, where he says, put me down for £50 if your daughter manages to heave herself around the course. <laughs> and, then, and then immediately follows it with, I take that back. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he's kind of like accused of promoting Range Rover. He says, I know the rules, but he's having to like read over bits to change yeah. the script mm. and everything. Uh, and skip n- it forward. Not also forgetting the bit where he has to work a travel report into a sex scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I've just been read some travel <laughs> please don't do that again that was quite disturbing sitting here I didn't enjoy that um, I also love the bit where he, Alan turns around and goes happy now and is immediately followed in the play by take your top off yeah. <laughs> that was Hannigan not me yeah. um, the, the, um, an amazing bit of covering uh, as you mentioned with the Range Rover bit where he's obviously worked into the play all kinds of uh, chat about the, the Range Rover's great features and he has to improvise covering yeah. those on the radio so it's like uh, it's like oh I've never felt so neutral about a car <laughs> I think I'll just, just use a pointing stick here. So that, I think that's when he's doing a cow's moo to cover something oh, like yeah, Red yeah, yeah, there yeah. as well. So it's good. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Not the first time he's done that either. He did it to cut off, uh, yep. cut off uh, your man in I'm Alan Partridge. Uh, yeah, to back to Dale Thomas. Yep. Yeah. That's the one. Uh, reactions to the play flood in. They read out too. Um, I'm sure at the idea stage it was great. <laughs> I love that. And then uh, and then Simon messes it up by basically reading out a sexist and homophobic response to the play. Yeah. Uh, you uh, missed Jill out, who says best, best play, play ever. ever. Oh, that's true. Jill's only listened to one radio player, hasn't yeah. she? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, which and Jill? I, I just think you just know that Simon hasn't proofread that text proven out because halfway through he's a bit like, oh, I wish I wasn't reading this. Yeah. Uh, and sort of rounding things off, there's a great payoff as Alan panics. The idea's backfired. He goes, uh, now for some music. This is various artists. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else on this particular episode? Uh, well, I just think that. So the play generally, do we learn it turns out to be about the existence of alien life? Yeah, I kind of. I mean, the plot's quite hard to follow. Yeah. So what? Pr- Hannigan reveals what the proof of alien life form, and everyone screams and runs out, and something like. I mean, you've got robots, weird, aliens, French women, brain drovers, cows. It's got it all. It's got it all. Classic Alan. Yep. Everything you want from a play. Yep. Uh, the only other thing is that uh, obviously this is the first episode eight. 8.2 out of 10 uh, on IMDb. So a pretty strong start. I feel it is a pretty strong start. It is good. I I think I'd probably agree broadly that it's a very strong start. It's it's a very good episode. Like it a lot. Uh, So if that wraps up all the comments for this part of the episode, it's time to play a short game that is in no way based on uh, BBC One's Would I Lie to You. It's time for a quick round of Would We Lie to You? Uh, who's in charge of the quiz this time around? I'm going to guide us through it, uh, uh, it for, the, for this episode. So with the, with the power of audience participation, we would uh, like you guys to listen to three statements that are going to be read by my uh, colleagues here. And we would like you to guess which one is the truth. So we'll read through these now, do a quick recap, and then using the power of voting by the voice, we'll decide what one you think is the truth. So we're going to start with a statement from 
Adam, I believe. Hello. Uh, all of these are about how the Crankies met, yep. by the way. How the Crankies met. The pair met behind the changing room lockers during a school sports day. They shared a bag of sweets and young love blossomed from there. I mean, we'll, we'll get to we'll that bit. In a minute. <laughs> wait till the end. It's a bit early for that. How the Crankies met. The pair met when Ian had purchased four deep-fried Mars and he initially thought Janet was a lost schoolboy and offered her a Mars bar. How the Crankies met. The pair met when Jeanette was performing as a dancer when Ian would throw sweets at her from the stage to get her attention. So I'll just do a quick recap there. We've got they met at behind changing room lockers during a school sports day uh, when Ian purchased four deep-fried Mars bars and offered Jeanette one. Or when Jeanette was performing as a dancer on stage and Ian was throwing sweets at her. So, can we get noise for changing room rockers? Wow, one person going for that. Uh, can we get noise for deep fried Mars bars? No one going for that. Wow. So, can we get noise for throwing sweets when she was dancing? Well, I think that's unanimous that the, the audience of the wardrobe theatre is saying that is true. Adam, please reveal. Uh, that's not mine. <laughs> no, sorry, Tom, Tom please reveal. We didn't, we didn't practice. Uh, throwing sweets is, in fact, true. It's true. So, well done, everybody. You got that bang right. Congratulations. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's thepartridgepod at gmail.com, on Twitter at thepartridgepod, facebook.com slash thepartridgepod, or Instagram at monkeytennispod. Woo! <laughs> Monkey tennis? Yabba dabba doo. Oh, sorry, 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 I didn't do Monkey tennis? This is mid mat. Let's do slap hands. Idiotic broth. Monkey tennis? Please, please, though. Pop, 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 pop. Monkey tennis? You need to press transfer. Uh, I like it. It's a clean kill. Monkey tennis? Well, that, that, we will, that, that, we will, that, we will do that, definitely, yeah. Okay, does mummy know you do this? The time is ten and a half o'clock. What a dilbert. Monkey tennis? And I know it won't smash, Lynn. Just wrap it in bubble wrap. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 